If you've listened to this podcast before, then you know we are passionate about the stories of God meeting ordinary women everywhere they are. The experience of God's mercy, His profound help, and unexpected grace are not confined to the four walls of church. Most often, we feel God's presence as we move through various life stages. While we're single, while we're working mothers, while we are moms to newborns or high schoolers, while we become caretakers for our own parents. Let's savor these stories of women encountering God in all life stages and circumstances. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. Listeners, you are in for a spiritual blessing. On this episode, we hear from Linda Acheson, Finance Assistant at Dawson, and Amy Turnbow, who serves as Dawson's Director of Hospitality. In the words of Linda, these two staff members know the guts of the church, bills that are paid, and things going on in the kitchen. It turns out, though, that Linda and Amy would rather talk of deeper things. Jesus, the mystery of prayer, their mutual love of Scripture, and God's faithfulness and trials. Get your rewind button ready. You might want to listen to this episode more than once. Hey, I'm Rachel Langston, and I'm here with Becca Jenkins, and we're hosting today with Linda Atchison and Amy Turnbow. So uh, we're just going to kind of open it up pretty broad here to start with and just start with our, our question that we really always start with. Where are you today? So, Linda, will you start us? Where am I today? I find myself in a new place because <laughs> my youngest son and his wife have had a baby, and they had a baby at Thanksgiving a couple of weeks early. Oh. But oh, I don't think I knew that. That has been. I'm excited about that. It's like a new, it's definitely new waters. Is it like the best thing ever? Well, now see, you're setting me up because, <laughs> well, just because I didn't that's immediately say. I know, but I didn't immediately say, oh my gosh, my life has found meaning as I looked down in Flory's face. And she had a little time in the NICU. We were all kind of scared. I grabbed up Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8 and dusted that off and clung to it like I did when I was in college. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, that was scary. But it's so much fun. I have enjoyed in the last two years two new daughter-in-laws. So I've had daughter-adult children along with my adult young men. And it's really been a delightful season interesting season because I've really learned to keep my mouth shut about a lot of things. But I'm doing the other things I love to do. You know, I'm married to great Paul, my wonderful husband, and I'm working paying bills for Jesus, which I love to do. And, you know, getting them on time and loving up people that don't give you enough information. Yeah. And hiking and reading and doing all the things I love to do. What are your grandbabies going to call you? See, now that's what everybody asks, isn't it? Yeah. First, let me tell you, her name is a darling name, which is not a family name I don't think for either side, but it's Florence Louise, which is a very old oh, name. That's beautiful. Yes. Florence Louise Atchison. I thought it was precious. And they're going to call her Flory. So they already had a built-in. Oh, very cute. I love that. Mm, so sweet. So cute. I don't know. I want to be called Honey. But that then, was my grandmother's name. Really? Yes. How did she get y'all to call her Honey? Uh, she was a very vocal woman. And just <laughs> Chris's wife is German, German citizen. She's got a green card now, though. And she, you know, the German grandmother name is Oma. Oma Mm. and Opa. So, but she said, you don't want her to call you Oma because that means you're really old. That's like a really old (laughs) grandma name, like Granny. Yeah. You know, over here. Yeah. So that's why I think Honey might be the name. 
Oh, I love that. My mother, uh, the long-awaited first grandchild came from my sister, and she had infertility issues. And he was in between the cousins on the other side, so it was like he was the prince. And she wanted to be called grandmother. She's very proper, very, yeah, my mother, can you believe she produced me? But um, <laughs> she's very much, you know, Amy Vanderbilt type thing, and she wanted to be grandmother. And guess what name he came out with, y'all? Gobby. Which Gobby. is probably the least. It. Yes. And I thought, oh, there's, there's, the, it comes back. It does. That's it's like perfect. a boomerang. You throw it out yeah. there and it comes back yeah. and hits you in the head. All right, Amy. So where are you today? I am not a grandmother yet. <laughs> yes. To humans. There is a possibility that <laughs> to humans. To humans. Um, but there's always the possibility. I am a Mimi to dogs and I will take those. I am a widow and was not happy about that, but it's a title I embrace now. I earned it. I earned it. John was a great man. Um, And I'm just doing my thing and settled in and finally at a place I'm at peace with the world and I now, cook where and I read. People? My people. Um, <laughs> people. You have Matt, three people. I have three peoples. Um, Tori is the youngest and she and her husband Ethan are in Cleveland, Tennessee. And Matthew and Melody Birmingham just started a new job and Melody is a vocal coach at, um, she has her own studio. She teaches a lot of Briarwood students. Precious, oh, yeah. precious. Love her. I like Ethan, too. Because um, <laughs> Tori will say, you said you loved Melody. You didn't say anything about Ethan. And, uh, and then there's Tat, and he's my oldest. And um, if there's any young ladies that you know of or that are listening, he needs a young lady. Yes, I know she's out there. That's fantastic. <laughs> With this widowhood comes a wave of grief five years later that you don't see the tsunami coming and all of a sudden it just takes your breath away and it's okay it's totally okay and it's okay to just be okay right but last week i prayed so hard for tad a wife on monday just because i was beating my head against the wall and i got up tuesday morning and so i got up tuesday morning and it was that wave comes over my head and i'm like seriously it's been months i'm i should be good today there's no significance to the day but lord i got you gotta give me something just give me something So a friend I haven't seen in several years walks in the door and he gives me this big bear hug and he said, the spirit told me I had to come give you a bear hug today. And I thought, oh my gosh. But he was like, I just knew I had to give you a hug today. So um, I thanked him and when he left, I'm like, Lord, thank you so much. I just said that an hour ago and look Mm. what you've done. But yesterday I prayed for Tata Wife, and I've been praying for more than 10 years, so can we hurry that up? So, you know. That's amazing. Yeah. That is my life. I'm always intrigued when people say, I wonder if God has a sense of humor. And I oh, think, well, Lord. absolutely he Have has you a met s- some of the humans he's created? Well, just, I mean, just just the way the way to express something like that, that like we could go, okay, God, I've been praying for 10 years. And, you know, this one you answered in an hour. And that one, mm-hmm. you know, what's the, let's what, go. What let's gives, go. What let's go. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of along those lines, like what what surprises you about God? Nothing. Absolutely well, I got, nothing. I got very surprised. We are studying Daniel in our class, and I just teach one every fourth. So two couples teach this adult life group class. And I was looking at a story I've looked at before, good old Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And, you know, we've been learning about that for a long time if you've been in church. And I remember thinking they put 
the Israelites in timeout for 70 years. He put them in timeout, but he didn't just shut the door and say, fine, 70 years, I'll see you when you come out, when I allow you to come out in 70 years. No, he, he was there for them. You know, when you think about the fourth man in the furnace, and the fourth man that looks like a son of God, you know, and you think about um, him granting the dream and the interpretation in chapter two to mm-hmm. Daniel, wasn't that fabulous? He So it's like we love and serve a God that is with us in time out, like when we're in the corner in the chair. He is still working with us, and that's the kind of love and mercy we're talking about. So that surprised me. And you know what else surprises me is the dynamicness of Scripture. I hope I'm using that word right. But every time you read it, how it speaks to you that day, like you need a hug from Chuck, you need something from Scripture. You go to Scripture, you get what you need for that day. Yeah. And that is just... That's something you've read a million times. A million times. Will hit you a different way. All of a sudden, it has it has completely turned upside down, and mm-hmm. you your perspective completely changes, and life just... It's like, oh, okay, I can do this. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, that's why, that's why I say nothing surprises me, because I am such a people person, that being alone is so not in my DNA. So when you say God has such a sense of humor, I mean, he put me by myself and I talk to the walls. Um, That's why he and I have this running, you know, conversation. And sometimes he answers audibly in the form of, you need to shut up now, kind of thing. (laughs) But but, But seriously, no, I have, I have learned through the course of my lifetime, just in conversations with friends and with even new acquaintances, how he already knew that this moment was going to be there. Mm-hmm. So he already had it planned and he already had this instance in mind when I thought, I can't do this anymore. And he was like, oh, you can watch this kind of like that when you're in college to hold my, you know, mm-hmm. and watch this kind of thing. Some days I feel like that that's that's our I say here God hold this and watch what I'm fixing to right. do and He pours it over my head and says no you're not going to do anything watch what I do next mm-hmm. yeah. so that's why I, I just I don't get surprised anymore and that's kind of fun that's kind of fun I think sometimes I'm surprised that I'm surprised you know like <laughs> I, I find myself thinking well you idiot I mean He told you mm-hmm. this this and this. Yeah. So why are you surprised that either he did what he said he was going to do or he did more than he said he was going to do? Because mm-hmm. he's told you exactly how to expect him to operate. Yeah. And then you find yourself surprised when he does that. Mm-hmm. Do you think anybody's surprised by, you know, The Chosen? Have you all seen The Chosen? I have not. Okay. I would say the character of Jesus is the beautiful drawing thing in that um, video representation of Christ's life. It is so refreshing and real, and he is just as beautiful as he is in Scripture, but even more fleshed out. So that is what really I thought was great. I haven't, I've watched like maybe the first four episodes or five. I haven't kept up with what else is out there just because we've been busy doing some things. But y'all, that's an interesting thing to look at and see if he, if that characterization of Jesus lines up with your image of Jesus for the, you, from what you've Do known you of him. Do you find it changes your image? Any? I'm just curious. No, I don't. Well, you know what? I think he's there's a lot more levity in him than I give him credit for. So he's a lot more easygoing 
And, you know, this is something I've always thought, too, is that God is a lot more comfortable with man's personal responsibility and free will and the results of that than man is. <laughs> so those people that like to think that we're everything set up, that might get too theological here, but everything is set by God and nothing is outside of those parameters and that we're more or less puppets. I, think, I don't think they're very comfortable with the idea that the rules of engagement God's put down here are, you know, we are in a relationship and you become more and more righteous if we aren't in, if I'm not in a relationship with my people evil occurs and it slops up on the boots of everybody right I mean there's some people that are very uncomfortable with the big mess the world's in currently I think they think God's not in control but God most certainly has established the rules of engagement well and I think that's one of those things that our our human minds can't really fathom like mm-hmm. God's not surprised by the the train wreck that we are but he's still in control. Absolutely. And, I, and my brain can't get, you know, it's like, well, if he knows and he's not surprised by anything we do to screw anything up, then why, why, does, he, why does he watch it? Why does he allow it? And sometimes we're not allowed, really. We're not allowed to answer that. And then I have to, but, then I'm kind of like, you know what? Why does that matter to me? Like, it does, I don't. I was in Job the other day, and, you know, obviously Job is dealing with all this calamity, this terrible stuff that's happened to him. And um, towards the end, he he talks to God and he asks him, like, what's going on, basically. And God, in his answer, he does answer him, but he doesn't really explain anything. He instead, it's kind of painful, he starts throwing the questions back at him, like, mm. Were you there when I formed the foundations of the earth? Were you there when I hung the sun and the moon in the sky? Basically just showing Job, and, and Job gets to the point where he responds. He says, how can I, I think he says something like, how can I reply to you? I'm just going to put my hand over my mouth. <laughs> like, I'm just going to be quiet now. I like that. Uh, but I mean, he got it. He saw just how, uh, he saw not enough of God to know that, that he is infinite and we're not. And there are just some things that we It's kind of that know. Jack Nicholson moment, you know, that you can't handle the truth. Like, yeah, you, can, yeah. you can almost see God going, you know what? I could tell you the answer here, but you can't handle, you don't know what it involves. Right. So. And the moment that we could would mean that he wasn't infinite. Like, right, like, yeah. right. True, mm-hmm. true. I think I found a new verse I like the best. I'm going to put my hand over my mouth. <laughs> yes, I did that. Wherever that is, How can joke. I reply? I put my hand <laughs> over my mouth. I put my hand over my mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were we were talking with um, Monica earlier, and she was she mentioned a, a, the verse in Exodus about God will fight for you. You only have to be, to be, be silent, silent and calm. And I thought, you know, the hardest thing about that is the silent part. <laughs> Oh, no, it's the calm. I, See, I, I think totally I can be, the I'll calm. be quiet. I think I, I can be calm. On the yes. Yes. I think I can be calm way easier than I can be silent. So you kind of alluded to God answering your prayer very quickly. Did you expect him to answer it the way he answered it? No. I don't have expectations anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like that. I don't know how to to say it any other way I knew what my life was going to be like it was all mapped out it was perfect we were going to handle the hiccups and it was going to be great and all of a sudden one day out of the clear blue when that plan went when away when that plan went away I, I stopped expecting 
And um, so I don't have any expectations. I'm just thankful for what I do have. Even though there's pain and grief, is there freedom in not having the expectations? Yes, absolutely there is. Absolutely there is. Because before life was a cookie cutter box. You know, the perfect marriage, the, and, and there's, I, no, I get that yeah. there are no perfect marriages, but I mean, we were, we were pretty close. Three kids, you know, they, everything was great. Life was wonderful. Great jobs. Living the dream. When that stopped, the expectation of life went away and the cookie cutter broke away. And it became, me personally, became a new, I could fit in a new mold. I just had to learn, A, what that mold was, and B, if I wanted it to, what kind of mold I wanted it to be. If I wanted to be molded or if I wanted to just absolutely follow the wheel that God placed in me that he what he wanted me to do and so I miss John terribly I'm thankful a hundred percent that he was not around for COVID because one of us would have killed him (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean seriously because he was not a sit still person I have enjoyed the weekends I get to sit at home and not have to speak to anybody and read four or five books Mm, in the weekend I mean there is some freedom in that yeah. Amen. Um, now, with the new grand dog puppy, that's not happened recently, and it's time. There, there's, there's some, there's some freedom that I never had before. Would I go back to the way things were? Absolutely, in a heartbeat. If sure. You could, if John could reappear, yes. reappear, it would be fantastic, and I'd laugh a whole lot more. Right. But I kind of like the new me too. <laughs> what about you, Linda? What? When has God answered something in a way you didn't expect? Or has he? That's interesting. Hmm. I don't, I've, I read that question. I thought that was a really hard question for me. Mm. Well, I mean, do you think when we ask that we, first of all, do we really expect him to answer? Or do we only consider it answered if he, if he answers it the way we want it answered? Is that our expectation? Isn't that interesting? I'm reading this book with my friend who's in North Georgia, and we talk about it every Monday, usually for an hour, an hour and a half. It's Prayer by Philip Yancey. He is a great writer, and he explores those kind of things. Like when you ask, do you really expect to get an answer? Like, my friend in North Georgia thinks it's not right to ask about trivial things. And, you know, I was telling her, my mindset sometimes is I really I, I really like to be on time because to me it's just an expression of being respectful of other people. So sometimes I'll say to God, God, you know, I really need to be on time for this and I really need a place to put this car. And so to me it's not bad to talk to him about trivial stuff because he's big enough to take the trivial stuff and the big stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes we do ask and we don't believe. I mean, I, I can speak for myself. Sometimes I ask and I don't believe he'll really come across. But that's the unbelief that, you know, so easily entangles us and trips us up. You mentioned books and, you know, sitting around reading books all weekend. And I was curious about what books you've been reading. Everything. Everything. Tell you, me. Everything. You fiction and nonfiction. Give us some recommendations. You're a reader, too, you are you? Yes, I'm a big reader. <laughs> I am. I like historical fiction. I like historical romance. I like romance. I like suspense. I've just finished reading Girl Gone. Oh, um, I read that. Oh, wait, my goodness. Gone yeah. Girl or Girl Gone? 
I don't know. <laughs> There's a gone girl. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, I, it's on my Kindle. So, so I'm a, what I'm a you, murder what mystery. I'm a murder mystery person for the okay. most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Alexander McCall Smith, my favorite, one of my favorite authors. He's a wonderful old Scottish gentleman that was raised in Botswana. So he has several of these stories, and they're very much about mysteries of life but not blood and gore Mm -hmm. so the one that and y'all probably remember this from i think it was on hbo which i never got to see it because we never had hbo but it was uh, the ladies first detective agency i haven't read the book but i'm aware of it well there's a series like he probably has eight or nine books about precious remwatsi and she is a traditionally built uh lady that um has a very interesting life and she is the one who sets up this detective agency but the things that she investigates are things like in Botswana it is the custom if somebody presents themselves as a family member to you that you let them live with you you feed them and all that kind of thing so um, this woman comes to her and says this man has presented himself as my long-lost father that ran off and left I mean I can't remember exactly the details but um, she goes I would do what is required of me happily but I'm not sure he's my father so she begins, and in a place that doesn't have, you know, but your basic birth records down at the courthouse, she begins a very interesting, relationally thick way of investigating as to whether this man is the girl's hmm. father or not. Oh, so I that is like, that. it is so clever, and the language is such high language in the sense that I mean, it's laden with double entendres sometimes, and so it really, it's really very, very entertaining. And I heard the guy speak. At one of the libraries here, oh, really? and he's okay. just. Okay, I was going to ask if it was a modern author or not. I he tell. is. He's still living. And I, well, what he also has is he has. <laughs> I love this guy. Yes, yes, please live for a long time. Modern what's he, what's his still name again? Living. His name is Alexander McCall Smith. I really need to pen him a letter. Yeah, because he also has like in Edinburgh, there's this apartment complex. And he gives you stories how these people interface with each other, then how they have their own lives, and these personalities that are distinctly different. And uh, some are single, some are married, some are married with children, some are, you know, widowed, some are, I mean, there's just all across the board. And them living in Edinburgh, and it, it is just delightful. So he has got several, several of these situations. And the mm-hmm. thing I think I love so much is that relational dialogue, interaction, classification of people. And you know people like this. You know, mm-hmm. you read this you mm-hmm. don't think so that's, what, that's I want, Sarah. When I read mm-hmm. and when I watch a movie, like I want them to be like people I could know. Oh like yes. I want them to be mm-hmm. real someday I may write a book. I was about to say that's, I was like, that's where I was going, mm-hmm. yeah. What if I got well, only, like what I would love to write a write? sitcom. I would like to write because you cannot make you up cannot real life. Make it up, and it's hysterical. And I and I although I enjoy fiction, I I wonder why people write fiction because I'm like you cannot no, make you stuff can. up that's any better than what people it's are just doing. Life. Amen. You know, we actually have two of the positions where we really know the guts of the church, yes. don't we? Because the bills that you pay. Uh-huh. And the things that go on in the kitchen. Mm, yes. Those are really There's t- a reason that we say the kitchen. There's a reason, A, that the kitchen's in the basement. <laughs> B, that it's the closest place to purgatory in the whole entire Earth? I didn't know that. First of all, oh, is there purgatory? about where is purgatory? Well, there is a purgatory. It's downstairs in the basement at Dawson. So and, if you're going to work it off, Yes, and C, there's a, a huge reason that walk-in chillers and freezers are soundproof. <laughs> Share a favorite Bible verse or two, and um, since Linda's pointing at me saying you but, go well, first, you made notes. You made I notes. did make notes because if I don't, I go down a pig trail and I can't <laughs> come back. Ephesians three seventeen and eighteen. 
that all may know how long and high and deep and wide is the love of Christ. That is my favorite, absolute favorite. Um, And the reason that's my favorite is when John got to where he was non-communicative, he could get out a few one single words and he would sit there long and high, deep, wide, and they would come randomly. And I, it took a while, and then I realized one day, this is what he's saying. This is what he's clinging to. And so for that reason, I hold on to that one. But I spend tons of time in Isaiah. Can't tell you why. Don't know why. But I spend a lot of time in Isaiah, and God just kind of hits me upside the head with it. Each year, he gives me scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. You know, a lot of people get words. I get scripture. <laughs> Go figure. The scripture from Isaiah 43 kept coming back. Don't dwell on the things of the past. Mm. I've made a new way. Wow. That's kind of where I'm at. I've landed. And in Luke um, 1, 46, after God has talked to Mary and told her what the plan was, <laughs> you know, she's sitting there thinking, oh my, okay, I've agreed to this. But Mary goes on to say that um, she believed all that God promised her he would do. And that's where I've landed. Perfect. So I think Perfect. it's, I, I believe everything God promised me he'd do so I'm that's that's where I'm at so it's not really one this year it's three good good so I just have one and that'll be John 17 3 is mine oh I love that this is eternal life that you might know God yes. and Jesus who he has sent and I really love that because we try to cram so much of what we have defined as life Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember in a more belligerent time in my life when God was calling me to do things that I hadn't chosen to do, I would say, so this is life. This is life, God. And he would say, John 17, 3. That's what it is, girl. I mean, I love that. I love that verse. And it helps me get back to not my type of abundant life, but his type of abundant life, which is Mm -hmm. always superior to my definition of abundant life. Absolutely. So I do love that. So flip it. What's yours? Um, well, it kind of changes with the day, but I go, and I don't have mine memorized, but I go back always to Deuteronomy 8, too, and I um, I love the book of Deuteronomy. Do and you? I do. I love Moses, and I love how flawed he is, mm-hmm. and that God continually, you know, uses him anyway. And I love how he's, you know, and don't forget God did this and don't forget this and don't forget when we so-and-so and, and, you know, your shoes didn't wear out the whole, all that stuff. I love that. This is just one I go back to. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart and whether or not you would keep his commandments. And I just think, you know, no matter what we're dealing with, it kind of... That's sort of always mm-hmm. what he's doing. I and we're that. always supposed to remember what he's done and that he's always kind of, you know, are you going to trust me in this? Are you going to follow me in this? What's in your heart right here? Mm-hmm. Are you going to keep my commandments? And so that seems to be the one that is the most applicable to me in whatever you know, I'm dealing with. Right. That's anyway, what about you, Becca? Usually my go-to is Romans 8, and that, that is kind of like one of my all-time favorite chapters um i memorized it with a friend in college we would like alternate weeks cooking for each other and going over to each other's apartment and memorizing it together and it's just a really sweet memory but right now something that really for the past like two or three months just keeps coming back is i think it's psalms uh psalm 103 just the beginning part where it's saying like forget not all the lord's benefits and it goes through this list 
And at the end, it says, essentially, in, in remembering these things and reflecting on them and in believing them to be true, he'll renew your youth like the eagles or something like that. And that's just what I need. <laughs> I, know, I know I'm the youngest person at this table, but I am so tired all the time. And there's always something more to do. And I just, that's just the season of life that I'm in. It's, there's, I just feel like I am constantly moving and there are multiple days where Blake comes home and he asked me have you sat did you sit down at any point today and I'm like no I didn't <laughs> um, like you got those lovely good looking little leeches yeah. sucking the energy yeah. right off yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm so tired I feel like my patience is just always very very thin with my children and really with with anyone that knows me well who I'm like comfortable with I've just been so convicted of that the past year. Like I'm just so quick to anger. I'm like, Lord, how am I supposed to not be angry all the time? Cause I'm so tired. And like, I just want to sit that verse or that, that portion of Psalm 103 came to me at the beginning of this year. And I just really felt the Lord speaking that over me and to me saying, remember me, remember me, all these benefits, hold them close and, and I will renew your strength. I'll renew your youth and I'll sustain you. And, and turning back to him, not only is my energy renewed, but my patience usually is renewed. <laughs> Sometimes not, but, but it has been very helpful for the past few months to keep coming back to Psalm 103. These three words, tsunami of grief. Is there a better description of the earthly sorrow that threatens to overwhelm? And yet, as Amy reminds us, God is absolutely abundantly steadfast in trials. As Linda learned in her study of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, He is faithful even in periods of discipline when we've been sent to time out. Life rarely turns out the way we expect it to, but even through trials and unexpected turns, we can know this. We are deeply loved by a God who not only rescued us, but stays with us. Psalm 103, Becca's new favorite chapter, describes this love. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, for he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him and His righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep His covenant and remember to obey His precepts. Thank you for listening to Everywhere You Are. If you or someone you know has a God story to share, we'd love to know about it. Please contact Kristen Torres to learn more about being a guest on the podcast. Also, please help us by sharing the show with the women you know and by subscribing on your podcast app so you can be notified when new episodes are available.